Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Roche is here. Had to unmute myself there. Hey, everybody. Standard Zoom operations. Mohanad is here. Hello, hello. And Bernie's here. Why does Roche introduce himself like a talk show host? Hey, everybody. Hey. Hi, Dr. Nick. It is a bit of a Dr. Nick, eh? Good, good job, Alex. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe I should uh, pursue a new uh, life path and be a who's, radio announcer. Who's Dr. Nick? Is he, is he the bald guy? He's, he's the doctor from The Simpsons. Oh, I thought you got that with actual okay. No, no, no. Uh, okay, I mean, following on from that suggestion, Bernie, uh, Roche, if you were a talk show host, is there anyone in particular that you would interview or like to interview? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I was a talk show host, I would interview absolutely everybody. Um, wow, what a know. political answer. <laughs> I mean, who, who would I, I mean, is there anyone in particular you would like me to interview, Alex? Alex, Nick, move on from this question. We're not going to get anything useful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We'll move on. Uh, the Queen would be funny. Um, oh, I do that. All right. There has been so much bloody football, so much football. I can barely remember any of it. So I'm relying heavily on the three of you to tell me what has happened. Um, Chelsea, Man City, what was the score? Chelsea won. Yes. So, the, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot going on in this game. It wasn't just the Chelsea City scenario. It was also the Liverpool to win the league if Chelsea had won the game. Um, and Chelsea did win the game, which meant that Liverpool are now champions for the first time in 30 years. First time to win the Premier League. Came very close a couple of years. Came very close last year, for sure. Bottled it around December, January, as they bottled almost everything this season as well, except the league was way too, too, too far ahead at that point. Um, and then under... You know, the Jarred slip season, even the... I don't know if there was one before that. There was a tourist season where they came in a little bit close. So, Four you know, points, they, I think. Yeah, so finally, finally they get their win. And, you know, it was in the same style as Leicester got in their win where Chelsea as well, I think, beat Spurs to give, to give Leicester the, the title. So Chelsea have been coming clutch for a lot of teams recently. Oh, for sure. Chelsea, yeah. They've, they've been... Uh, they're hard to beat when you really need to beat them. And I think that's, that's, we've seen that for a few years now. But ever since the restart as well, Chelsea have, have won all their games, even in the FA Cup. And I think all of us thought that Man City would win this game against Chelsea. But hey, like Chelsea were definitely the better team on the day. They, they deserved maybe one or two more goals. In fact, at one moment in this game against City, I think it was 1-1 at the time. And I remember one of the most unbelievable goal line clearances from... Uh, one of the Man City defenders. I think it was Walker. Kyle Walker. Walker, yeah. Just to keep them alive. But, you know, Chelsea, you know, a few minutes later got their second goal and, and City went down to 10 men. And, uh, you know, they, they were, deserved their three points. And it looks like they're going to finish in the top four. Um, so, yeah, looking strong under Lampard despite starting the season with a 4-0 loss. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're actually going to finish third if things keep going this way because Leicester, I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to them, but their form is horrendous. I don't remember the last time they won a game. Um, and Chelsea's form is really strong. And they've beaten some big teams this season. I mean, they beat City here. They've beaten Liverpool in the FA Cup, right, I think. Um, uh, I'm absolutely certain, without knowing it, that they've beaten Arsenal. They must have beaten Liverpool. They've beaten, uh, sorry, United. They've beaten Spurs. Not beaten United. Not beaten United? Not oh, yeah, because Solskjaer wins all the big games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it's impressive. And Bernie, I know like earlier in the season, you were less impressed by Lampard, but if they finish third and then, you know, we've seen the signings that they're planning to make, how will you feel about them going into next season? Because I will personally feel, given the momentum of the season and the people that they're bringing in, that they will be pushing City and Liverpool, if not right there with them, like pushing for them. I... I, I don't really rate this season that much because if you look at the number of points, every team is behind Liverpool. It's a, it's a bit of a cluster, <laughs> you know, right from third all the way down to seventh, essentially. So it could go any way and Chelsea can still mess this up. But next season, man, they are scary. Like with Ziyech, who I really, really rate, Werner, who's really good, and I expect a centre-back signing um, because defensively they've still not been very good. That's some serious, serious talent coming on board. Who else and did they sign? They signed one more guy. Who was it? One more? I thought it was Werner and someone else. It was Ziyech. Ziyech, right? Oh, I thought it was someone else. But, but Bernie, I know what you're saying about the season being. I would like to give Lampard, though, the benefit of the doubt and say it, it could have been much worse. It could have been, you know, mm-hmm. drop out of the top four, transition season, the squad is still young, you only have Tammy Abraham up top. Like, it could have gone a completely different way where we could have potentially made excuses for Lampard being his first season and not having that much experience. And, you know, the squad, to be fair, isn't the best. I mean, it's a top, a top four squad, maybe just, like, in terms of quality. But they do have a lot of gaps as well in their team. I mean, their keeper and um, some, some of the age profiles of their players and Willian and Giroud and Aspilicueta and Alonso. And, you know, you can go through it. The centre-backs are not the best. I mean... I think I would I would see it as as him taking them into a positive direction compared to what I would have expected at the start I, of the season. The, so. the only reason I don't say that is because um, under Sari, we were a lot of people were very very critical of Mauricio Sari, and he pulled out a worldie essentially mm-hmm. um, with the same group of players. They weren't at the point where they were all falling over and they were all dead. I expected fourth at minimum for them. I didn't expect Europa League final, like, you know, actually how well Sari did. I, essentially what they're doing now is what I expected. What we didn't expect was Wolves and Leicester to be this good. You know, that, that we didn't expect. But when you actually do the numbers and look at where Chelsea are, they're actually not better. They actually are worse. So I, I'm just saying, it's, this, is, this is about what I expected. It's not extra special. What's extra special is Leicester and Wolves. That's extra special. So that, but is that why you expected? In, is that would that have been what you expected? Assuming sorry stayed. Like, are you taking the fact that Lampard has come in? Like, I know what you're saying. Like, if you take from last season, it makes sense that they're third and everything's fine. What's so special? But like, sorry is not there anymore, and someone else came in. That kind of breaks the momentum a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just a direct correlation of where they were last season. No, I'm just saying that. I can see it. You consider how Arsenal are up and down, right? And the whole, you know, Arteta, Emery thing. I mean, consider, I would argue down, but... Oh, sure, just down. And, and you consider United with their transfers. Now they figured it out, it seems. But, you know, that was a, a sinking ship. You look at that and you look at Chelsea. They, I mean, to me, it was a more stable situation than anything else. So I, I expected Tottenham to be absolutely garbage. <laughs> like, I really did. Um, so I, I, it's it's not interesting to me. It's really wolves and lesser interesting stories to me. Okay. 
I mean, it's for me, it's interesting, as Mohan said, because of the, the managerial point of view. I, I will say, Lamp, <laughs> so the debate about like there being very, very few black coaches and managers in, well, throughout the Football League, I was going to say in the Premier League, but throughout the Football League came up and it was kind of put to Lampard, like, look at the experience that Sol Campbell had having to go down to like League Two, Macclesfield or whatever, pull out a ridiculous job. He went to coach like Trinidad and Tobago as an assistant or something just to try and get into the into the game and, uh, you know, compared to Lampard's experience. And he kind of like said, yeah, there's a problem. But like his experience of just like being thrown straight into Derby and then Chelsea after a year wasn't anything to do with it, which I thought was very amusing. If Campbell had like a job like Leeds, maybe he would have been in contention for the Arsenal job. I don't know. Would he have been? I don't think so. No, but which is the point. <laughs> but, but I mean, the, the, the Lampard thing isn't necessarily the Chelsea thing. It's more the like, how did he get Derby, given he had absolutely no coaching where's, experience? Where's Adams when you need him? Oh, man. He's doing the dance. Have oh, you yeah. guys seen that? Adams is still learning English as far as I'm concerned, ever That's since fair. I saw his documentary. I just want to quickly point out that we started by talking about the City-Chelsea game, quickly moved over to talking about Chelsea only, did not talk about City yet, and haven't spoken of the implications of this game. So, I think it's... Are are you happy or are you upset about that? I feel like you should be happy. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think I would just be, you know, on on a fair level, I would just be denying what we need to actually address, and that is Liverpool are... The champions of England, you know, for the first time. Address that. <laughs> first time since 1990, I believe, and they've done it with you know losing just one game. They're about you know 20 odd, 25 or 26 points ahead of the rest of the pack. They they have had they have been playing in a league of their own. They have the best defense in the league. Um, they didn't do it just like you know. They, they yeah. Don't have to watch as well. Yeah, they've, they've played an absolutely terrific brand of football for two seasons, maybe even three seasons, arguably now. And they have won the Champions League. They're the current holders. They have now won the Premier League. And I do feel like they're going to be a force in the coming years. And as a United fan, obviously, it's a very scary thing. So, you know, I, I look forward to more competition in the league, definitely, in the coming years. I mean, you know, you, we've seen Liverpool. They've been winners of this league since match day you know, 22, let's be real, like, so, yeah. Also, um, also, so, yeah. you have to take into account, like, the fact, I, I know when they won the Champions League last season, it was a bit more, like, the focus was more on losing the Premier League, and the Champions League was almost like a consolation. Obviously, winning the Champions League is major, winning the Premier League now, but also, the transfers were, over the last three years or so have just been phenomenal. Like, it's a well-run club when it comes to transfers. Um, you look at, like, even the, the decision to, you know, sell a Coutinho for so much money, you could have argued, you know, Coutinho is a major part of this team, et cetera, et cetera. But Klopp had a vision on how he wanted to play and how he wanted his midfield three to look, especially with the freedom that he provides the front three. And, you know, he went for it and he had a vision and he didn't, he didn't you know, he didn't get scared about, like, selling the big name or this or that. And he completely went for it. And I think he's done a fantastic job over, what, three seasons now at Liverpool? Uh, he came three in and a half. 2015. Well, like he came in in 2015, 15, 16. Yeah, but yeah. Um, But it it is a phenomenal job. And like when he came in, he sat down in his first press conference and said, I'm going to win the title 
in a few years. And let's be honest, we all laughed at him. Despite the, uh, the, you know, the amazing job he did at Dortmund, I think possibly that job ending badly affected how we, how we thought of him. And we also thought, well, I, I thought, you know, Liverpool have been so bad for so long. And even after a year or two, and, and he was helping them develop and he was helping them improve, but the defense was still horrendous. Um, you know, up until 2017, I think, basically until they, find, they signed um, Van Dijk, the defense was horrendous. And I remember thinking, like, I don't think one player is going to do it because I didn't, it didn't seem like a personnel issue. It seemed like a system issue. And I thought that that was Klopp's ceiling because I didn't think that he could sort out a defense, but it turned out that was just a personnel thing. And once he had Van Dyke and Allison, like absolutely unbelievable team. Yeah, I think he's done, he's done a very good job and he's a very good manager. I think that was known, <clears throat> you know, winning the league two times against over Bayern Munich is not an easy feat. I think he's a good manager, that's for sure. But it's, it's really what happens when there is good management and good, uh, what do you call them, ownership, I guess? Um, who are determined to do something. And we've seen other clubs, like, you know, we've seen United with Woodward, we've seen Arsenal with Kroenke and, and, and those guys and whatever. It's not good. In fact, we've seen Chelsea when Roman doesn't care. Like, and they're, they're up and down. And if you even want to talk about Spurs without any money to spend, fine, you have a new stadium, but you don't get anything. You can't just win with good coaches. You have to have a good organization behind them and to me, they have the best organization. Now, Man City, you know, they were willing to spend anything to help Pep, and that's fine. But look at Liverpool in terms of identifying players, the data model that they use. It's not just about spending big money on Allison or Van Dijk, which they do. And they spend record money on those guys, absolutely. But they mix it, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. And that's why I think they're dangerous, because... Man City, if Pep goes, I think it's a problem because I think they don't know how to spend money properly. I really don't. That's why you look at their defense and what happened against Chelsea was absolutely nonsense for the number of amount of money that they spend. If you do take out Klopp, I think he's built something that could possibly, and I say possibly, uh, last with a decent manager after him. Maybe not to the heights, but it could because the organization makes sense. Yeah, I just want to quickly jump onto Bernie's point about the organization behind Liverpool. Ever since John Henry's ownership of Liverpool, they've been on this, this, this recalibration every season, trying to get a little bit better in some departments. Maybe it's management, maybe it's personnel. While Klopp has been at Liverpool, you know, they started off with that Europa League final loss uh, to Sevilla, um, you know, when Daniel Sturridge was their main striker. A lot of players have come and gone since then. For example, you know, Joel Matip at one point was considered one of their defensive signings that was, you know, going to provide a lot of stability and he didn't necessarily fix the problem. Then came Van Dyke and Allison, but all the while they had John Henry's backing and and I think, you know, to Bernie's point, they're going to be a force because because of John Henry's direction and, you know, obviously he's, you know, across the pond, the Boston Red Sox are a force in the MLB and I think that he's translating this over to Liverpool now in England. So, be interesting to see what happens over the last next in the next 10 years maybe liverpool are going to be back on top for for a long time who knows yeah well that, that's the next challenge right so they they've shown you know last season they were one point off the title they won the champions league this season they've won the league massively convincingly um so it remains to be seen what what happens next season and interest it's you know it occurred to me a while ago that Klopp might if he won the league decide 
to leave it there because there's nothing left for him to win, right? Club World Cup, League, Champions League. All he can do is, is maintain this uh, and keep it up, and it's going to be really difficult. So my question to you is, the old adage goes always strengthen from a position of, of, of power, right? If Liverpool... And Klopp has said that they don't need to spend too much. But if Liverpool were to strengthen any area over the summer, what do you guys think it would be? I think it's the the centre back next. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Van Dijk. Van Dijk. Next to Van Dijk. You don't like Joe Gomez or Matip? No, well, it's not. Joe Gomez is injury prone, very mm-hmm. seriously injury prone. Matip is very seriously injury prone. Lovren is an idiot. I think they they've done really really well. Obviously. Um, but considering what Chelsea are going to do with Ziyech and uh, Werner and, of course, they're going to improve, I think they need to be on their toes a little bit. And I think there are, there are serviceable players out there. You know, there's a, there are lots of decent players that they can get in there. So, yeah, I expect them to do that. I know the whole Firmino. He brings the other two into play and he's selfless and he doesn't need the spotlight and blah, blah, blah. But again, in terms of the number of goals he scores, I don't think it's good enough. Um, and I would, uh, that's where I would upgrade. And I'm not saying you would go and get like a selfish striker that just wants to score goals, obviously, because it's important to bring the other two into play. But I would potentially bring someone that is a bit of an upgrade on Firmino that can also bring the other. Like, if you, if you think of Lewandowski, for example, obviously not him now, he's, you know, he's older now, but he's still a goal scorer that scores a gazillion goals. But it doesn't mean he doesn't bring, you know, Robin and Ribéry into play for years. I, I just think Firmino can be upgraded if you want to upgrade anywhere for that Liverpool. I take your point. I'm just not sure who that person is. Like, Werner made sense to me as a target because he can play left, he can play down the middle, he, he can cover a couple of positions and he doesn't have to you know, sit on the bench forever or take one of the three spot. But in terms of someone who's like more prolific but also that team player, it's, it's tough. Yeah. If he hadn't gone to Barca and looked really bad, I would say Griezmann from Athletic, uh, Atletico would have been the perfect upgrade on Firmino. You know, his form at Barca aside, which a lot of players suffer from, but if he can capture that form for, for, that he had for uh, Atletico, I think he would have been a perfect signing maybe this year if he was still there or a year ago. Yeah, it's not a bad shot. Um, can I just mention yeah. really quickly, just looking at their squad, and we're talking about 10 years down the line. It's going to be interesting because Mane is 28, Salah is 28, Firmino is 29, Henderson is 30, Vinaldum is 29. They're all around that peak age. So in terms of football, you know, at Liverpool, and do they want to go do something else and whatever, you probably have two years of this group mm-hmm. together. So it's, it, I think... It's going to be interesting because they have to replace players. And I, I you know, like I said, I trust them to do that. Um, but we're, enjoy this group, let me say, while, while we have them because they're not going to be around that long. <laughs> there was a little bit of joy in your voice as you revealed the uh, ages of those players. Uh, <laughs> a little, a little. But, uh, but look you, at Chelsea's but, signings. They're all young. Yeah. Ziyech is 25, Werner is 23, and Chelsea have a young core coming up. I'm scared of them almost long term, more so. Yeah. Um, Trent's free kick was oh. unreal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when one of those where you look at it, you're like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And then it happens. Like, it, it was one of those. Um, and Fabinho's hit? They're similar to the goal against City. I think either earlier this season or last season. I can't remember. Yeah, it was this season. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so they did their part the day before and then they got to celebrate and enjoy. So good for them. Um, Arsenal beat Southampton 2-0 away from home. Also, we've played four away games in a row. Like, it's actually been annoying. I don't know how the schedule works, but um, beat Southampton uh, 2-0 away from home, which was uh, a nice nice relief after the loss to City and the loss to Brighton. I do have a slight correction, which is that Southampton beat Southampton. Um, Alex McCarthy beat Southampton. I mean, two utterly inexplicable displays of goalkeeping. Uh, it was the first goal, like, he just passed it straight at Nketiah, who then ran on and tapped it in. Yeah. Um, and the second one, he just fumbled a shot straight to Joe Willock. Like... It, I, if he's in goal in the next game, Southampton must seriously be lacking goalkeeping options. Where's Fraser Forster? What's going on? Yeah, famous at <laughs> Celtic for his like heroics in the Champions League and stuff, wasn't that him? Yes, yes, yeah. it was. It, it, was yeah. Tierney, it was Tierney as well. <laughs> that's our best player and future captain. You're talking about. But... Um, yeah, I think that's enough about Arsenal. I mean, we we won the game luckily, which is all we can hope for. for oh, Granduzzi is <laughs> being sacked. Should we want to talk about that? Yes, yes, yes. What happened to Guendouzi, the future of Arsenal? Uh, well, he choked Neil Morpé at the end of the Brighton game, and we haven't seen him since. And, <laughs> and Arteta can't confirm that he'll be at the club next season. He's been linked to four... He said that? Yeah. And he's been linked to four top clubs around Europe, Atleti, PSG, and one or two others. Um, okay, let me ask you this, Mohamed. Uh, 40 to 50 million for Matteo Guendouzi. Do you take it or do you leave it? Yeah, sure, we'll take it and then do well with it, but whatever, fine. Like, <laughs> like, what's the point? Like, again, if we were like a Liverpool, I'd be like, yes, hand me 50 million, we're going to spend it beautifully. But like, what are we going to do with it? And then, okay, fine. 50 million Guendouzi, 30 million Aubameyang, Partey, yeah, 8 no? million in the bank. Now what? Thomas Partey. Done. Release like, clause. Done. Or like, oh, Danny Ceballos. <laughs> Wow! But what makes you think they want to come to Arsenal? We don't. We don't actually know this information. (laughs) But uh, uh, oh my god! You know what? The only thing I like about if we sign up Pacano, seriously, if we sign up Pacano and and Thomas Partey, we're definitely coming seven. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely coming what? Seven. Seven. Man, all I know is. You guys are funny as hell, but Arteta, I, I like the fact that he's like, get out. <laughs> like, he threw away Ozo, threw away Guendouzi. David Luiz, he tried to throw away, but he has injuries. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex, can you uh, walk us through that one day that uh, all the bad news happened for Arsenal fans, including you know, David Luiz signing a contract <laughs> extension? And uh, that- I think you have a better recollection. If you if you follow current affairs, there aren't many brilliant days, but this this was something else. Uh, Leno injured for six weeks, I think was the, was was how it started. Um, then we found out that David Luiz was getting a contract extension, which was the, literally the day after he'd put in that absolutely horrendous performance against <laughs> Brighton. Um, yeah, it, it was it was shocking. What else was there, man? Did Martinelli, someone else get injured? Martinelli was out for the season. Martinelli out for the season, who's like our great young hope. And then Cedric Suarez signed a four-year yeah. contract. <laughs> Cedric Suarez, who has not played a minute of football for Arsenal 
who is technically still fucking on loan from Southampton. Southampton didn't want him. He got yeah, a four-year deal. But the oh. thing is this, Arsenal, Arsenal right now are sitting in 10. And you know when things are so bad that you just will them worse? If you tell me Arsenal could finish 17th, I'm actually like, I'd like to see what that... <laughs> Like, you know like, what I mean? just, just bad enough so you don't get relegated, but bad enough yeah. to make it interesting. So, so the FA Cup happened, and the, the first game so went to extra time. Man United beating Norwich, uh, actually preceded by the first hat trick in the Premier League uh, from for Man United since Fergie left. But uh, yeah, unimportantly, uh, United beat Norwich two one after extra time. Roche, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, actually, this game started off, well, the FA Cup game started off quite terribly. Um, you know, both teams not really doing much. A uh, very quiet game. And then, you know, towards the end of the game, I think, uh, yeah, well, the second half, a chance came for United. Igalo put it away. So Igalo's on fire. He's got five goals now in all competitions. Five except goals. Except for the Premier League. Four starts. Bruh. He's a cult hero. He's a cult hero by default now. Mm. Anyways, his finish was so good that Lionel Messi was, you know, tweeting about it. And no, no, he wasn't. Anyway, so that was a one 0 It kind of woke the game up, and yeah, Todd Kendall. Um, and then it went into extra time, and you know, I, I think, um, you know, just before the end, actually, Norwich got a red card for a last man uh, foul, which was, you know, justified and fair. And you know, after that, it was just, you know, one way traffic and. And only in extra time, you know, after all the five subs were made for United and Pogba came on and Martial came on and, you know, all the big guns were on. And then they started finally getting a couple of shots in. And, and then finally, Harry right the Maguire, da, 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 Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, the biggest slabhead. head in the game, it's completely unmatched by his voice. His voice does not suit him. It's disgusting. What does he sound like? It's just a little, like, little high-pitched voice. But that's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of English guys, to be fair. Like, a lot of, like, they, especially because the English voice is a bit, like, usually thinner. And then any big English guys, like, whoa, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah, that's fair. The Spanish as well, though. Oh, the Spanish is horrendous. Because they look so swarthy. And then it's just like... <laughs> yeah, it's like, in this moment, it's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys are on a roll just in general. Um, Fourteen unbeaten. Fourteen. Oli says you can go to the season unbeaten. Honestly, with our running, probably could. I mean, I don't think we will, but the running is pretty decent. Um, except for FA Cup stuff, we play Chelsea in the next round. Um, you play City. City. Yeah. I mean, on current right. form, United-Chelsea is going to be a game and a half. Um, you know, how I feel about United's run-in, you know, 14 games unbeaten, you know, 10 wins, 4 draws. Not bad, but then you think about their last couple of losses. The last loss was against Burnley. Um, you know, so that's, you know, something to keep in mind. You know, the next game is a way to Brighton. Brighton started by beating Arsenal, so you can't just discount them. United just struggled against Norwich, so you can't just say we're going to get three points in the next game. But also United have, you know, they're in... Three competitions essentially. They're they're challenging the FA Cup semifinals. They're in the Europa League, going into the quarters or, the, or also yeah, I think the quarterfinals now. And uh, in the league, they're challenging for finishing in the top four because they want to be in the Champions League. So you can't just prioritize one competition. The the squad is going to get 
tested, um, you know, for, you know, for squad rotation, squad depth. So how, you know, I really don't think that United are going to finish fourth and win the FA Cup and win the Europa League. That's not going to happen. I think it's going to be, you know, one competition where they need to focus all their efforts. And I think that it would be wise to kind of do that for the Europa League rather than the Premier League, in my opinion. The only thing is Europa League is in August after the season's over. So I don't think anyone really is concerned about that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see well, what Pogba, they do. Pogba seems to be, uh, I don't know, up for it, let's say. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, he's, he's been injured, so. <laughs> we'll see. He's, he's come back. He's looked strong. But, you know, the argument is there that, you know, in the season that United finished sixth in the league, when they won the Europa League, they, they found a back road into the Champions League for the following season. So, you know, there's, you know it, I guess I suppose that if they fail in the Premier League, there is always that chance that August comes around and, you know, they got a second life or a second chance to get that Champions League. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good position to be in, actually. Like, I don't think you're going to need it. I think you will finish fourth. Even if you finish fifth, I think you're, that that will get you into the Champions League. Um, Wolves, like, they, they've started after the post-corona season on fire, but it is literally just Adama Troy runs down the right and swings it in and Jimenez nods it at home. And, like, how many weeks can you get away with it? I'm not sure. I mean, literally no one can stop Adama Traore, but at some point, someone's going to work out some kind yeah. of tactics. But to be fair to him, but, he did add... We, we always said if he adds technical ability to oh, his yeah. athletic game, he's going to be insane. And he's been doing that even before Corona. But, like, yes, you're right. After Corona, um, he's been adding a lot of technical aspects to his game. His crossing has been on point. When to kind of cross, when to fake the defender and take it on a push. His push, even, even his little push before he goes on the big run has been more controlled. Like, he's just been a smarter player all around recently. And that's scary. If he can really put those two things together, his athletic ability and his technical ability, that's one hell of a player Wolves are going to have. It's phenomenal, honestly. Um, and, and it does make very, very difficult to stop. And the, the way that they're coached, the way that they play, like all of it is just incredibly impressive. They were promoted, what, a season, two seasons ago? Like this is their second season? Yeah. Oh my the God. Premier, like it's, it's bonkers. Um, but yeah, I th- I think United will be fine. And and if you're not, then yeah, in August you can try and win the Europa League. Who are they you were playing in the Europa League? They were promoted from the uh, Portuguese Liga. <laughs> we 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 played like LASK, beat them five nil. So it's quarterfinals now, and we don't we don't even have to bother playing the second leg. <laughs> but they the quarterfinals are what they've scheduled in Germany or something in a tournament. Okay. But they they haven't figured out like the Champions League. Like City have to go play, I think Madrid. Or, no, Bernie, Madrid I, have to go to City, but they haven't figured it out how that's going to work. You're going to play LASK. I think you should keep your eye, hey. your eye on them. You never know what's going to happen. That was a LASIK joke. <laughs> okay, then Thanks, Alan. It was too deep. Uh, it was too deep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> I just didn't see it yep. coming. Um, okay, uh, let's go on. The other FA Cup game was Arsenal, who beat Sheffield United somehow. Like, this was an equally ridiculous game. Um, Arsenal went ahead, Sheffield United equalized, kind of similar to the United game. And then Danny Ceballos, who'd been literally bullied for, for 100 and whatever it was minutes at that point, uh, came up with quite a tidy, a tidy winner, to be fair. And it's like the one moment of happiness in his whole loan. He's uh, not going <laughs> to stay at Arsenal. He's definitely no. not going to play for Madrid. He's, like you said, he's going to end up at Betis or whatever. 
and then become a nobody because he's I thought he was way better than this honestly and I know Arsenal sucks talent out of you but like I honestly thought that he was better than this like at the start he he looked promising and then I don't know what happened it just it was it was his first game and it was uh, Kevin De Bruyne come outside (laughs) (laughs) yep pretty much it was I don't know he had one one great game against Burnley in the sun and then and then you know it came to winter and uh, the foreign fairy that he is. I couldn't, couldn't do it on a cold Tuesday anywhere in England. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, so that's the FA Cup. Um, you guys wanted to talk about La Liga, right? What happened? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Benzema did a madness. Mm. Um, and uh, there's this weird thing on Twitter. People are comparing that bacula assist to Guti's. I think it was Guti, right? Who Don't was the make guy me who mad. That? Who did the one baculous assist to to Benzema, wasn't it? Like, I yeah, think, it was Guti. I think it was Guti, and I feel like that's slander. Like, why are you slandering Guti? Like, there's no comparison in the two things, as far as I'm concerned. But people are obviously doing it. people are just emotional about soccer. Well, I mean, yeah, it's literally all there is to be. But yeah, like the the reason that they're not comparable is because when you saw the Benzema thing, you thought backheel it. Whereas the Guti one, you just like put it in the corner and he didn't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's all, it's not about the technique. Obviously, people are saying Benzema's technique was harder. Yes, it was. He's going the opposite way and he had to like kind of almost cross himself and it went through the defender's legs, yada, yada, yada. It's not about technique. It's about vision. We're not comparing technique here. It's all about what to do in the moment and did you like make me get off my seat? I did. You know, when the Guti thing Also, happened. as you're saying, with Benzema's, it was the only thing he could do. And I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but as a professional player and someone who's that good, I actually expect that you can pull that off. With Guti, it was, I didn't even know Benzema was in the frame right. <laughs> when he did that. Like, yeah, it was yeah. nuts. Guti, Guti, Guti even had another one to Zidane. There's a lot. Barca, post-corona, they drew again really lot. They had like something else. I don't think this was, they drew it to Celta Figo 2-2. Two, two. another, you know, they're letting the slip away and this is the only competition they're in. Yeah, I feel like they're still in the Champions League. <laughs> It shows how weird yes. they are if we don't know if they're still in the Champions League or not. Because actually, I'm wondering if, if they are. Oh, oh, they didn't even play a knockout game yet. That's why. Ah, uh, okay. Why? Was it oh, only yeah, the first yeah, set of this, games? Yeah. So they'll, Wait, they'll get through Napoli. That doesn't make sense. How are Liverpool out then? What do you mean? I'm so confused. Yeah, this whole Corona thing is throwing my Champions League radar complete out the window. Like, aren't Liverpool out of the Champions League? Oh, no, 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 sorry. Barcelona have played one, one leg. Yeah. They played the first leg. They drew 1-1 they drew one, one with Napoli. They have the second leg to play. Right. But at this rate, they're not going anywhere. We have to put some respect on Zidane's name. Like, this, this will be big. Like, they're begging him to stay. It's usually the other way around, right? So that's impressive. Let me play devil's advocate. One, three or four, three or four Champions Leagues. Three as manager, one as assistant manager. Okay, three, yeah. so three, three Champions Leagues. How three many leagues? Enough. How many one. leagues? One. Actually, he actually won a league? He won a league, yeah. Full season? Full season, yeah. The se- hmm. His second season, which was the full season, he won the league. Fair enough. I can't really play devil's advocate. But yeah, fair enough. If he's already won a league, I mean, if he's can't gonna, remember in, these things. In five, in five seasons, if he's going to win two leagues and three Champions Leagues, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I still really want to see him manage another club because I'm not convinced that that here's will a, happen. Here's a question. But, if Zidane, let's, let's say he pulls this league off, right? Does he become the greatest football entity? 
like manager, player, whatever combination you want, does he become the GOAT of football period? Kind of, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's the best player. Is he the best player to ever manage? I mean, Maradona aside. He... <laughs> to man- manage properly, yeah. Yeah. Is he the best player to ever manage? I would say... I mean, they're all former players. So, it, like, if, if we take it in isolation in, like, you know, a five to ten year period or whatever, then this is unbelievable. I mean, yeah, at his playing career, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah but you have to argue with uh... the 12-year-olds. Mohamed, please argue with the 12-year-olds and convince them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but hang also, on. take it back on the World Cup in 2006. So, yes, like, this 15-year period of, like, just utter domination as a player and a manager. I just, I'm just trying to think of, so like the other managers that we consider great. So Pep was a very good player, but not on Zidane's level. Mourinho was shit player. Ferguson, <laughs> shit player. Wenger, shit player. Klopp, shit player. Like Ancelotti was a good player, but like not Zidane level. So yeah, I think he probably is. I mean, think about it the other way around. Who are the good players? Coleman? Um, shit manager. Yeah, Ryan, exactly. Rijkaard. Rijkaard, Cruyff. Cruyff is in the is in the Willish yeah. out for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I think Zidane would many. probably win. Yeah, Zidane would win this easily. And yeah. it's a good it's a good question, Bernie. I think as a football entity, all he has to do now is become like a general manager somewhere. <laughs> and then, director of football it. and be the goat director of football. The, the, the football the football tr- trident, you know. <laughs> director of chill. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, they still have to do it. There's still six games to go, and they, to be fair, you know, as well, they, they, they have been convincing in their games, but they have had VAR help them out a lot. And I'm not saying it's unfair; it's just it, it came in clutch for them in the last couple of games since Corona. So, um, you know, it hasn't been smooth sailing to win these games. So, so just before we, before we move on, and what, what we're talking about, La Liga and the Champions League, I'm going to make a prediction here and now, which is that. I believe Atletico Madrid are going to win the Champions League now that it is in a one-game format. What do you mean it's a one-game format? Uh, everything's going to be one leg, as far as I understand. In a, in a like a thingy? from the quarterfinals onwards, yeah. Yeah, in like a what's it called, like a stadium that is neither here or there. Yeah, it's going to be in Portugal. Everything. Yeah, from quarter 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 semis finals, it's all in Portugal as it, like a mini Euros kind of thing. But it's one leg. Yeah, they're doing that same format. That Europa League in Germany, this in Portugal, one leg, boom, boom, boom. Get the hell out. <laughs> exactly. And Wait, I think is there no Bayern Munich? That's, that's the team that I think is going to win this thing. Yeah, it's Bayern, Bayern and Chelsea still have to play their second leg. Oh, but Bayern d- d- demolished Chelsea. Yeah, the first 3-0 in the first one. Yeah. Lovely. I don't Lovely. get this, this Atletico um, prediction. They, they, they really rely on their fans and they're kind of like, the atmosphere and to, I just feel like in an empty stadium, don't they lose a little bit? They've been they've been on fire since coming back. Well, who's Simeone gonna yell at? Like, <laughs> you know, when things are going wrong and he wants to like, vamos! Like, like, what, what, who's he gonna do that to? The we're subs. Actually, we're actually gonna hear Simeone grab his balls. Oh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> Didn't Man City beat Real Madrid? No. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, two one. They did First, like, in Madrid. In Madrid, right? And Ramos got a red card, I think. That's correct. Yeah, costing his team as usual. Wow. Um, so Pep can still be salvaging a season. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mohaned has already called him a fraud, which means it's over. Since the day Mohaned called Pep Guardiola a fraud, it's actually been finished. Like, it's been, it's been finished. 
Bro, don't mess with the Egyptian juju. <laughs> okay, can I just remind you guys, speaking of juju, that Atalanta beat Valencia 8-4 on aggregate in the fucking, in the yes. 16. And that's when I developed an appreciation for uh, Joseph Ilicic. Yeah, I mean, 8-4, but keep in mind, one of the games was actually 4-3. So, <laughs> it was like one really close game and one absolute domination. Yeah. They've won their last two games, four. like 3-2 and 3-2. They don't know how, they, like, they literally outscore you and don't defend. That's literally <laughs> how they operate. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's great. Dybala is quickly about Italy, very quickly, five minutes on that. Just uh, Dybala's been on fire for Juve recently. Um, Ronaldo scoring penalties as usual, but Dybala has actually been very, he's been very good. So, yeah. well, you know. What's new? What's new, Mohamed? Dybala has always been that good. What's new is everything I just said about Dybala. <laughs> That's not him, in my mind, at least. To, to, be, um, to be honest, it's real, uh, Juventus haven't had to do very much because the rest of them have fallen over themselves to mess this up. So it's, it's, oh, it's really bad. Oh, Hakimi, Hakimi signing for Inter. Oy, that's I mean, a big it's, one. it's not in their age profile whatsoever. He's way too young. Yeah. Um, by that, he, he's a lovely player, man. Everyone, every time I watch Dortmund, I'm like, this is the guy. Like, this is the right back I want. Like, he's very, very good. <laughs> you know what, Bonnet? Ashley Young's going to keep him out of this class. <laughs> or, do, not, or, do not discount the possibility of that. <laughs> or Victor Moses. Victor Moses, who had one brilliant assist uh, in the previous game and one absolute lecture from Romelu Lukaku in English very loudly. I'm surprised that Real Madrid let him go. I thought, you know, that would be their future right back for years to come. Um, but surprising. So apparently they, they're going to have a buyback clause. Uh, yeah. Fabrizio Romano said there's no, no buyback clause in there. Really? Unless, unless that, like, he got that wrong and that changed. Speaking well, who of... do you believe, Bernie? Fabrizio Romano or Raul Cavapoli? Fabrizio Romano. But um, speaking of signings, there was also the Pjanic Artur kind of swap. Disgusting. Um, I like Artur, man. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, this guy has something about him. Him and Frankie Dion can be like, you know, the future for a couple of years to come. I was really surprised. And I know, Alex, you know, you're saying this is all financial, but if it's all financial, like, why sign Pjanic for sixty million? I, I just don't get that. He's how old is he now? Like twenty-eight at least. Thirty. Yeah, if not older. I, like it's some. It's it is accounting. Swiss, uh, the the Twitter account Swiss Ramble. If you haven't followed yep. him, like analyzes the hell out of out of football finance. And I have to be honest, I can never be bothered to read through the whole thing. But essentially, it's just about like getting players on and off the books and when you sell someone you can put all the money into your accounts and when you buy someone you can amortize it over a bunch of years so that it doesn't look like all the money's going out so it's 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 just about balancing books um but you're right you would you would have thought that there would be a way to do that that doesn't involve buying a player who's if not past it soon will be especially for a midfield that it, it, there's not gonna be any balance like Busquets is old Vidal is old Pjanic is old. You're getting rid of Artur, who is the guy who is in the middle. And then beneath that level, you have the Ricky Pig and the um, Alenia, who are very young. So, like, there's just old people and young people now. Yeah, but Barca, but we agree that Barca have been horrendously run for, like, 10 years maybe now. Yeah. Um, and it's just been, you know, Messi carrying for a long time. And I think in a few seasons when Messi's gone, this, this might be turned very sour for 
for Barcelona. Like the way the club is run right now with their signings, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, their signings have just been horrendous. The finances have been horrendous. Um, and it's all just going to shit for them when it comes to kind of managing the club. I, th- um, I think we said that there has not been a single good signing for Real, uh, sorry, for Barcelona since 2014, 2015? I mean, Frankie, Young, Frankie de Jong may be the only exception to that rule. Longley. I, I, I don't think it's fair to say there hasn't been a single good one, but it, it's about... A, con- a consequential uh, one? Probably not. Like, like, like Bernie saying consequential win trophies kind of thing. Suarez was in... Like, his numbers are insane for Barcelona. That was a phenomenal signing for them. Neymar, obviously, a phenomenal signing for them. But when you think of, like, a club like Barcelona, these are the only two that really come to mind in terms of, you know, major, major impact signings over the last decade. Well, I think that the Suarez one might go even underrated in that respect in that not only has he performed phenomenally as a player but as a human being he became Leo Messi's best friend and like I'm being slightly flippant but you could overlook how important that is have you guys Anyways. seen the the wage the, the wage lists of Barcelona from oh, like no. ranked in order did you guys see it no, no. Some, someone posted it like two weeks ago or something and I don't know the numbers but it's Lionel Messi Way up there, <laughs> miles of shit. Fifteen miles of shit. <laughs> then the next yeah. person, like Suarez, is getting paid nothing compared to what. Like it's unbelievable the pay gap, and they're like, as much as they need Lionel Messi, they're actually handicapped by Lionel Messi, so they're forced to make stupid decisions. Are they paying him? I mean, they are paying him so much that it, it completely affects how, like, every other move that they have to make, and like, there will be a point at which it's not worth doing, and we may have already reached that point, but they can't politically do it. But there's two, and, there's two aspects of this. There's also the marketing that Messi generates worldwide. Yeah. I mean, that alone cannot be understated, right? Like, the marketing aspect of Messi, even though he's not a supermodel, even though he doesn't even care about it, it just so happens to generate because of him. So that is a big factor. The other thing is like, I know what you're saying is like, eventually it's not going to be worth it. But like, do you trust them to have spent whatever? Let's say Man City came in and, and, and bought Messi for 300 million and they accepted it. Do you trust them to have spent that wisely when they spent no. 100 something on Dembele and 100 something in Griezmann? No, no, there'll be money laundering all over the place. Million <laughs> They'll probably spend it on one player. They're probably like, <laughs> oh, and like agent fees, 30 million agent fees. If they if they actually agree to pay a hundred million for Lautaro, then they're going to be they're going to be finished. I guarantee you, they're going to be finished. That guy is not, that guy is not that good. He's not that good. Is it really a hundred million link? This is, this is what's being talked about, and Messi apparently is is interested in this. And I realize that anyone that Messi tells him to buy or get as a coach, run away. He's a good yeah. player, but he doesn't know anything about transfers or coaches. Just make him, just make him director of football. You might as well. <laughs> you ruin the whole thing. <laughs> so here, here's here's the one the one glimmer of hope for Barcelona fans is that next year, 2021, is an election year. Laporta, who is the guy who was in charge like when they signed Ronaldinho, when when basically the guy who put Barcelona back on the map after the nineties, you know, the mid to late nineties were horrendous. He's running and is is expected, excuse me, to win. If he does, things could change very drastically. But it that was a great seen. side, man. Ronaldinho Eto, Julie, you know, Deco, like those that was a great uh, even even what's his name in midfield, the Mexican guy. Yeah, oh Rafa Marquez. Yeah. You had just, you know, you have Montreal. You had like that was a fun team before football became like so I guess I don't know, overpowered. Like football just became uh, you know a game. Like a yeah. 
PlayStation game after that. But everyone was kind of equal, had a good chance. Yeah. You know, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's true. The weirdest thing about all of that is that it's literally the only good piece of management that Frank Reichard ever did. He was horrendous before. He randomly got the job. And then he was horrendous afterwards. But he also so brought weird. Messi through. I think he had yeah. a big hand in that. I think yeah. I think Messi brought himself through. <laughs> sure. I think sure. I think a dog would have seen that Messi <laughs> had to play. <laughs> sure. Ronaldinho also helped that he wasn't like the egotistical superstar. He must have said, "Hey, Matty, you want to take my spot at like 18? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. he's like, "I'm I'm drunk in the club. You want to play?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get to this jacuzzi that I filled with ten. You know, it's like models. if you ever, if you ever have a retail job and you're allowed to switch shifts with other people, like as long as you sort it out, it's fine. Yeah, it's just like you're you're drunk and you're just like texting. So can you cover me in the morning? That's what Roman yeah. does. Do. <laughs> it's like Rooney and Ferdinand. Do you need a lift in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's not you, Ronaldinho. Yeah. In the Paraguay jail. Yeah, that, that was a while back. Now I think he's out. He's yeah, out, he's out. The, oh, speaking of jail, there was a great story about Maradona. He said that he went to go visit Pablo Escobar in jail in 91. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, I went to, he, he called, he wanted to see me, went to go visit, we partied, you know, hung out, and there were so many beautiful girls. I couldn't believe that there were this many beautiful girls in prison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as you do your checks, you're going to be okay. Man, Pablo Escobar probably had like Uber Eats, but for, you know... <laughs> Sex workers. Yo, Pablo Escobar was a badass, but he has a picture in front of the White House when everyone was looking for him. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. What a beast. He also burnt, apparently, he burnt like loads of money to keep his children warm. Like, like yeah. he is insane. Hey, he's unbelievable. He's, he's, he literally bought a football club just like, not even Roman style, just because. <laughs> There was was a time, like, and you know, I'm sure everyone has watched Narcos at this point. But there was a time in the 80s and 90s where, like, all the top Colombian clubs were owned by cartels, and they're just battling against each other. And they had so much money; they were bringing in like all the best foreign players from around Latin America. What a time to be alive! (laughs) All the all the the lines on the pitch were actually okay. Anyways, that's all I have to say about football this week. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, nothing to look forward to now anymore that the league is over. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm lying. Like... The FA Cup's exciting. Yeah, I'm just, <sighs> uh, just, just, to, just on the note that I'm, I'm very grateful for Watford for that one win against Liverpool, so we can all just you know, stop worrying about this league. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, cool. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.